Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christ Church of Orinoco. Our hope is that it would help you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Glad to be with you. If we have not met before, my name is Drake. I get to serve as one of the student ministers here at Christ Church. I'm excited to uh, get to preach today. And I don't know if you've noticed, but I've been doing CrossFit for the past eight months. Uh, it's going well. You don't notice? It's probably the lighting. It's probably the lighting in here. I think it's a little off today. That's probably why you can't tell. Oh, uh, man. But I'll tell you the reason why I started CrossFit, because I, want, I know everybody wants me to talk more about it. And so I'll tell you, uh, it was about eight months ago as well that uh, Andrea and I told the high school students here at Christ Church that we were beginning the adoption process. And it was an awesome moment for us, a lot of hugs, celebration, so much fun. But there's knuckleheads in every youth group. And some of the boys came up to me uh, after we made this announcement and they said, hey, we think it's awesome that you guys are adopting because now you'll have a kid to match your dad bod. And I was like, sinners, y'all need to get your kids under control is what needs to happen. All right, this is, your, this is y'all's fault. Got a bunch of sinners over there. In the, that's why the work that I do and my friends in the student ministry do is so important. Bunch of sinners body shaming their youth pastors, you know? It's absolutely ridiculous. But the reason you can't, you can't tell that I've been doing CrossFit for, for eight months is because although I've started doing CrossFit, there are other things in my life uh, that I haven't stopped doing, namely <laughs> McDonald's. I love McDonald's. Top three favorite chain restaurants. McDonald's is number three. Chick-fil-A number two. Waffle House is number one. I absolutely love the Waffle House. Thank you for clapping. That deserves a hallelujah. Amen. So I love it. I love it. But Although I've started CrossFit, I haven't stopped my habits at McDonald's. And, uh, you know, it's hard for me because when I go to CrossFit, my CrossFit gym and my McDonald's are right across the street from one another. And it makes it really difficult. I'll be at CrossFit, like doing a workout, just looking at all my friends at McDonald's, having such a good time, thinking, I just want to be there. Next day, I'll be at McDonald's because I wanted to go and be sitting there looking at the CrossFit gym like, this is not a good idea. I should not be doing what I'm doing right now. My friends at CrossFit are like, you eat at McDonald's? And my friends at McDonald's are like, you do CrossFit? <laughs> now, I'm just curious. It doesn't have to be CrossFit. Who in the room does some sort of like weekly exercise though? All right, you think you're better than everybody else? Okay, who, who makes weekly trips to a fast food restaurant? It doesn't have to be McDonald's, okay. Somebody said amen. Uh, now, by a show of hands, who does both? All right, you find yourself in the dilemma that I do. Brown bags and kettlebells don't mix. We both know I should probably pick one. We've been in our supremacy uh, series. It's a stutter, uh, not a stutter, it's a study of the letter uh, that Paul wrote to the church in Colossae. And specifically today, we're in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 17, if you want to turn uh, to, your, to, to that text. But my message today is, is, is geared for those of us who have decided to follow Jesus as Lord. Unapologetically so, this is who Paul was writing to. Uh, what we're studying today in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 17 is written to believers um, to address something in their life. If you're not a believer, if you don't follow Jesus as Lord, um, I'm glad you're here today. And I hope that my message gives an accurate representation to you uh, as to what Jesus calls us uh, in, in, in this life that he calls us to. And uh, I'm going to pray before I begin. But if you don't hear anything else this morning, I want you to hear this. Your life is found in Christ. 
Let it be found in Christ alone. Father, grateful for this moment that we get to come here together. Ask, Lord, that as we study Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 17, you would show us uh, what is still lingering that needs to be put away and what we, what we need to put on. Holy Spirit, would you help us see that this morning? In the name of Jesus, amen. We're studying Colossians 3, 1 through 17, but I'm going to start in verse 5. Paul writes, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life that you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. What's this list? What's this list that we find here in the, in the middle of this letter that Paul wrote to the church in Colossae? To some, it may look like a petty list of rules not to break, but that's not it. it it's way more than that. This is not a mom at the dinner table uh, handing or telling her son that, that he needs to get off of his phone. He can chap snap his friends after dinner. This is, this is a mom handing her son a hammer and saying, destroy your phone. You're done with that. This list in the middle of the letter to the church in Colossae is a list of vices to kill. This is a representation of the old self that still needs to be put to death. Paul is saying, kill sexual immorality, kill impurity, kill lust, kill evil desires, kill greed. This is not a, this is not a list of, hey, stop doing that. Don't do that right now. This is a list of make this not possible for you to do for it is buried in the waters of baptism. Die to it. This is, this is more, more offensive than a list of rules. This is offensive because it's an attack on your very person, your old self. Nowhere in this list does Paul say, hey, be open-minded to my call. Hey, follow your heart rather than follow the call of Christ. Hey, do what makes you feel good. Paul doesn't say these things because he remembers what Jesus called us to. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. His own testimony is this in the letter he wrote, he, that he wrote to the church in Galatia. I have been crucified with Christ. I have died with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The German theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer summed up the call of Christ on a man's life with this. When Christ calls a man, he bids him, come and die. I'm gonna read through my paraphrased list of, of Colossians chapter three. I'm just gonna ask that, that you would be open to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. This is not an exhaustive list that we, we find other vices that's not mentioned here in this list in, uh, elsewhere in scripture, but, but these are some things that people in the room are struggling with. These are things that are a part of the old self that need to be killed. And I'm gonna read through this list. I'm gonna read through it slowly. I'm gonna ask that you, if, if it helps to bow your head and close your eyes in an act of meditation, do just that. But I'm gonna read this. And the temptation is, is gonna be 
looking around the room, oh yeah, he struggles or, or she struggles. Don't focus on other people. This is internal. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Kill sexual immorality. Kill impurity. Kill lust. Kill evil desires. Kill greed. Kill anger. Kill rage. Kill malice. Kill slander. Kill filthy language. Kill your lying tongue. Kill your racial prejudice. Kill your social prejudice. But how do I kill these vices? Like slander isn't just something that I can punch in the face, at least not literally, you know? How do I kill these vices that are in my life? How do I kill the old self that's still lingering around? Well, you don't. Christ kills it in you. He kills it for you. In the Chronicles of Narnia, there's this character named Eustace. Eustace is by far the most annoying character in the story. He's the cousin to, to Peter and Susan Edmonds and Lucy. He's introduced to us in my favorite book in the series, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. If Eustace had a life motto, his life motto would be this, my life is about me. Lewis introduces us to the character of Eustace with this line. There was a boy called Eustace Clarence Scrub, and he almost deserved it. Eustace finds himself on this island exploring where he should not be exploring. And he finds a dragon that lay dead on a pile of gold and silver, no doubt stolen. Eustace begins to lurk around and he finds this gold bracelet in the treasure and he puts it on and he falls asleep. And wouldn't you know it, when Eustace wakes up, he himself has become a dragon. Eustace, or Lewis captures the tragedy with his line in the book, sleeping on a dragon's hoard with greedy dragonish thoughts in his heart, he had become a dragon himself. Do you know that reality all too well? The dragonish impulse of sexual immorality, lust and greed. The dragonish response of anger, rage, and racial prejudice. I've known many dragonish tendencies in my own life all too well, ashamed of who I am, embarrassed by my sin, and looking for a new way. Sin entertains us in the short term, but always, always leaves us longing for something more, something eternally satisfying, which it cannot provide. This is where Eustace finds himself, a dragon. At first, he likes being the biggest, baddest creature in all of the land. He likes it because his life has been about him. And if there's, a, if there's a form for my life is about me to take, it is the form of a dragon. But Eustace, even Eustace, as greedy and as selfish as he is, doesn't want to be a dragon anymore. He finds himself lonely, isolated, because that's where a dragon always finds himself at the end of his days. Lying on whatever treasure he's stolen, but alone. And so the fire is extinguished from his breath. Even Eustace doesn't want to be a dragon anymore. Eustace has, had always been his own hope because his life has always been about him. But when it mattered most, he had no hope in himself. He had no hope at all. Until Aslan, 
that great lion, undoubtedly the Christ figure in the story, arrives on the scene. And later in the book, Eustace is describing his encounter with Aslan, and this is what he says about the lion and what the lion did. Then the lion said, but, but I don't know if it spoke. You will have to let me undress you. I had tried myself to rip the, rip the scales in the, off, but I couldn't do it. I was afraid of his claws, I can tell you, but I was pretty nearly desperate now. So I just lay flat down on my back to let him do it. The very first tear he made was so deep that I thought it had gone right into my very heart. And when he began pulling the skin off, it hurt worse than anything I've ever felt. The only thing that made me able to bear it was just the pleasure of feeling that stuff peel off. You know, if you've ever picked the scab off of a sore place, it hurts. But it's such fun to see it coming away. Well, he peeled, he peeled, he peeled that beastly stuff right off. And there was I as smooth and as soft as a peeled switch and smaller than I had been. Then he caught hold of me and I didn't like that for I was very tender underneath now that I had no dragon skin on. And he threw me into the water. It smarted like anything, but only for a moment. After that, it became perfectly delicious. And as soon as I started swimming and splashing, I found that all the pain had gone from my arm. And then I saw why. Aslan, that great lion had turned me into a boy again. Do you feel like a dragon? Knowing you need to put off the dragon hide, wishing to put off the old self and to put on the new, the image of Christ. How do you kill the old self in you? Surrender yourself to the lion of Judah and let him do his work on your soul. Your life is found in Christ. Let it be found in Christ alone. Colossians chapter three, verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. The call to discipleship, to follow Jesus, is not just about putting off the old self. It's also about putting on the new self. The two lists of five vices that I just read is complemented here with the list of five virtues. Put on compassion. Put on kindness. Put on humility. Put on gentleness. Put on patience. And for some of you, this list right here may be harder than the first two lists about putting off the vices. Because sometimes it can be easier to stop a vice than start a virtue, but we are commanded to do both. My relationship with my dad has changed over the past several years. He's my dad, I love him as my dad, respect him as my dad, he is my dad and nobody else will be. What's developed between my dad and I over the past several years has been this peer-to-peer -peer type friendship. It's been really cool, and if some of you who are around my age in your early, mid-20s uh, are, are, are aging and your, your parents are, you know, aging as well, but we don't tell them that they are, you, you, you've probably experienced this a little bit. Because when, when I was six, my dad never asked me for my opinion or on my advice. But now that I'm 26, he occasionally does. My dad is going through this type of, like, midlife crisis right now, and I understand why. At the end of the semester, my baby sister Jenna will be graduating high school and in the fall, she'll be going off to college. And for the first time in 26 years, my parents will be empty nesters. My mom's really sad about this. My dad is trying to cope. He's trying to figure out how is he gonna be in this new season of life, this new stage of empty nesting. And he's going about it in a very interesting way. Shoes. My dad is, my dad is trying to redo his shoe game. 
And it's not going well, I'll tell you that much. It's not uncommon for my brother and I to get a text message from my dad with a picture of shoes and just question marks. And the answer is always no, absolutely no. Sometimes my dad, I think, forgets to ask my brother and I for advice. Andrew and I will go back home to Oklahoma to hang out with our parents and we'll like be at dinner with my parents or something. And, and my dad will just start like indicating towards his shoes. You know, like, hmm? you like these bad boys? 50% off at the shoe carnival. And they're like, still no, dad, should not have done that. All I'm trying to say is that my dad is entering a new season of life. And I think it's difficult for him. And I think it can be difficult for us to put on the new self when we've been in the old self for so long. Put on compassion. When I've always been indifferent. Put on kindness. When all I've known is hate. Put on humility. When my life has always been all about me. Put on gentleness. When I grew up in such a rough household. Put on patience in this world of instant satisfaction. It might be easier to stop a vice and start a virtue, but we are commanded to do both. Paul gives further directives in his letter. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the new self. Raised to walk in the newness of life. You mean to tell me that I have to forgive people who've done me wrong? I'm supposed to be loving? I'm supposed to live at peace with those unnerving individuals that I work with? To be thankful, even in hard situations? I'm supposed to sing? Have you heard my voice? And in everything that I do, I'm supposed to do it for God's glory. This is the new self. This is your new life. For your life is now found in Jesus. Retail stores, they have a practice. It's called guarding the brand. If you walked into a Nike outlet store and you saw that all the employees there were dressed in either Adidas or Reebok or, or Under Armour, you would be confused. Why? Because this is Nike. This isn't Reebok, this isn't Adidas, this isn't Under Armour, this is Nike. They guard the brand by dressing in the clothes that they, that they, that they sell is in an attempt to, to get the message out of what they're trying to do. You see what I'm saying? In a sense, our new self guards the brand of Christ. Now Christ doesn't need us, but the world needs to know Christ. And how are they supposed to see Christ if the people who represent Christ are still living in the old self. We have a new style now. We're the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. We're supposed to illuminate Jesus by illuminating compassion, illuminating kindness and gentleness and patience and humility. This is how people see Jesus through us. 
They see Jesus, our new self. And so in a sense, our new self guards the brand of Christ that others may get an accurate representation of their hope of him. Christian, your life is found in Christ. Let it be found in Christ alone. Because brown bags and kettlebells don't mix. And we both know I should probably pick one. And we both know that that's even more true of our faith. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. We've been memorizing as a church. Since then, set your heart on things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. We put off the old self and we put on the new self because our life is now found in who? It's found in Christ, our high king of heaven, for he is now our life. But Paul doesn't say in his list, hey, follow your heart. He says, put your heart in the heart of the king of kings. He doesn't say, hey, be open-minded about this whole discipleship thing. He says, no, 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 no. Close your mind in on the things of heaven because you died to your earthly ways. You died to your old self because you were unsatisfied with them. They did not produce the hope that you need. Only Christ can do that. And so put your mind and your heart, hide it in him for he is your life. And one day, oh, one day, oh, come Lord Jesus, we will appear with him in glory and we will see him face to face and we will echo the words of the missionary William Borden. I have no reserves, no retreats, and now I have no regrets to hiding my life in Christ. Christian, your life is found in Christ. Let it be found in Christ alone, for he is above it all. Our friends on the creative arts team have written the song, Above It All. I love the song. Personally, I love it because it's my testimony. My friends have written my testimony. I was dead from the start. Stone of a heart. The enemy gave, I believed and I starved. Guilty and broken, damaged and scarred. The image of beauty distorted and marred. But Christ came for the guilty. He came for the dead. The serpent had struck, but Christ crushed him instead. Disarming the rulers, raising the dead. The kingdom of God has paraded ahead. There's more here to witness for our God reigns supreme. His image is seen in Jesus the King. He has invited us to leave all that we were, to hide ourselves in him, our hope of glory. This is our King. This is our Jesus. This is our life. Your life is found in Christ. Let it be found in Christ alone. Around the room on the walls are sticky notes and you can see them on your right and on your left. On those notes, it's Colossians chapter three, verses nine and 10. 
talking about putting off the old self with its practices and, being, and putting on the new self, being renewed in knowledge and the image of its creator. After I pray here in a moment, I'm gonna invite you to head to the walls and to grab a sticky note and head back to your seat. Why? Well, in an act of committing to put off the old self and to put on the new. When you get back to your seat, there's, there's pins near where you're seated. Or seated. I want you to grab a pen and I want you to, it can be one word or 10 words or however many words you need to use. Write what you're putting off. Write a prayer. Father, would you come kill this in my life? Lion of Judah, tear this away. And I know that in a room with this many people, it might, it might get crazy. If you're, on the, if you're on the sides of a row, would you be courteous to the people who are seating, seated in the middle of the row? I'm gonna ask that you just get up after I pray and head to the wall. It might be awkward, it might be uncomfortable, but would you do it as an act of putting off the old self and putting on the new? Let me pray. Father, we're grateful. Grateful for this letter that we get to study that Paul wrote to the church there in Colossae. Father, for my friends and I who have committed our lives to Jesus, would you help us to put off the old self and to put on the new lion and Judah? Would you come tear away what, what does not belong in this new life? Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, put on compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience in our lives. Help us to tell the truth. Help us to be, to be loving. Help us to live at peace with one another. Father, you've been moving in our hearts and our minds. Father, help us to continue to set our hearts and minds on things above. And help us to demonstrate that right now with this response. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for checking out this podcast. We hope this teaching helped you to discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. For more resources or to learn about Christ Church in general, visit us online at cco.church.